Welcome to That Rooted Feeling Podcast, where I bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition so you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all aspects of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it. Welcome back to another week and another episode of That Rooted Feeling. I'm your host, Dr. Brooke Stubbs, a board-certified physician in both internal and lifestyle medicine. I have a lifestyle concierge practice in Austin, Texas, where my main focus is to help my patients improve their lifestyle to reduce the risk of chronic disease and to help them live longer lives with more energy and I have felt in my own transformational journey through these lifestyle factors a very palpable sense of well-being, that which I call a rooted feeling that I want you guys to experience too. And so that's what this podcast is all about. Because I can see everyone in my office, I want to extend the education and the inspiration to help you all live the best life possible. And today, we're going to talk about a very common question I get, what supplements should I take? Now, before we get into it, you have to know this podcast is never supposed to replace medical advice. So if you are going to implement any of these things that I discuss on the podcast, please talk to your medical provider first. This is purely educational, and I want to make sure that you guys are given the proper counseling and information based on your own health history, right? Okay, so let's dive in. I want to just first say, in terms of supplements, it's a huge industry. People are making lots and lots of money off of you buying their supplements. And so in that vein, there's going to be a lot of marketing around this. There's going to be a lot of misinformation that's really well targeted to your pain points. And I just want to say that my overarching opinion about supplements is that in the absence of a nutritional deficiency, meaning that you have a very well-rounded diet, there is really no reason to have to supplement. Now, that being said, in our modern society, we don't really know how to eat that well-rounded, to be quite honest, just putting it bluntly. We have a lot of the things in our grocery stores are a variation of the same thing the same processed flours that are fortified with, you know, your folates or your B-complex vitamins or certain things like that. So we're not always getting every vitamin and mineral and nutrient that we need. And in which case, a daily multivitamin that kind of gets everything at the regular daily value is a pretty good way to make sure that you're getting all of the things you really need that you might be missing in terms of your nutrition. In terms of which multivitamin to buy, I personally take a Garden of Life multivitamin. I'm not getting paid to say that. I think it's pretty good. I like that it's plant-based. I do take a gummy, so I'm sure that there are preservatives and things in it that I don't need. So I, I try to look for natural ingredients, less preservatives, less artificial ingredients, things like that. You definitely don't want dyes and stuff when you're taking your vitamins, but then they taste a little bit more vitamin E, you know, less fruity, less flavored. So 
if you really need a multivitamin, if you know you're not getting a well-rounded diet, I don't think you need to be so particular about it, but try and get a good product that you believe in. And I don't even take my multivitamin every day. I kind of take it maybe once a week when I'm thinking about it because I know that I'm eating a variety of healthy plant foods, all of which are chocked full of all of these wonderful vitamins and minerals that are already in these multivitamins. And whatever we're taking on top of that just gets wasted, right? We just either poop it or pee it out. So if you're taking a vitamin every day, make sure it's something you need. and You're not just wasting your money. And then I want to talk about a few specific things that I think are relatively benign in terms of taking them frequently and realizing that even the most benign supplements can actually become toxic to your bodies in the highest levels is important to note. But there are times where you need really, really high levels in the case of a deficiency. So that's something that you'd have to discuss with your provider. So there's very nuanced recommendations that I give specifically to individuals. So to say that everybody needs these vitamins I'm going to mention is not true. But I do think for the most part, these are relatively benign and promote health in a way that I can confidently say that, you know, these would fit a lot of the population in general. Vitamin D is the first one. About 40% has been quoted as deficient in the population. And for particular health outcomes like fertility, bone health, immunity, we might actually need a little bit more than what is indicated in the normal range. However, in that range, there's a good portion of the population that is deficient in vitamin D. And vitamin D is actually a vitamin that is produced in the skin in response to the sun. So we all know the sun helps us produce vitamin D. Well, if you have really fair skin and you're really prone to skin cancer, it's not recommended that you go expose your skin to the sun in order to maintain your vitamin D levels. And if you have darker skin, meaning that you have a lot of pigment that's blocking the sun's rays, it won't matter how much time that you spend in the sun, you won't be getting enough conversion to the active form of vitamin D3 in your skin because the UVB rays just aren't getting to the cells to cause the conversion. So for all of those reasons, you know, I think for most people, it's important to get some supplementation with vitamin D. Now, again, don't start vitamin D if you haven't talked to your medical provider, but vitamin D is associated with all kinds of health benefits, fertility, immunity, brain health, heart health. And so in general, when Patients come into my office, if there's not any other contraindication, I'll put them on one to 2,000 units of vitamin D3 daily. You can take that as a liquid. They have liquid forms. You take it as a gummy. You can take it in your multivitamin. Typically, they'll have some. Maybe it's not that high, but they will have some in a multivitamin. The only risk is if you're taking more than about 6,000 units per day, you could be at risk of toxicity. Now, I have some patients who have vitamin D deficiency who will end up being on doses much, much higher than that, maybe weekly. But those are very few and far between and very specific. And those are being monitored with blood samples. So that's vitamin D. I think it's a pretty benign and very helpful 
in terms of just overall improved health. Omega-3 fatty acid. So this one's a little bit controversial, but I think overwhelmingly the body of evidence around omega-3 points to health benefits, especially in the Western society where we have a lot of omega-6 that's pro-inflammatory in seed oils and a lot of the processed foods that we eat. Omega-3 comes in ALA, DHA, or EPA. Those are the three omega-3s that you see in supplementation. ALA is going to be generally the form that's in your vegan fish oils or your algae-based supplementation. So if you take a fish oil, now it can taste a little fishy, not going to lie. It can improve your risks of stroke, heart attack, hyperlipidemia, autoimmune disease, anxiety, depression, infertility, dementia, colon cancer, acne, overall inflammation. You can get omega-3 in your diet with fish, algae, flaxseed, chia seed, walnuts, hemp seeds, Brussels sprouts. So there's a lot of dietary sources of omega-3, but, you know, a small supplementation may not be bad for overall health. Again, I say things that are good for fertility are usually good for overall health. Heart disease is a major risk factor for mortality, right? And that's the number one cause of death in our population, right? So if you're at risk for these things, a daily omega-3 supplement is a great idea, anywhere from 250 to 500 milligrams a day. The next supplement I want to mention is CoQ10, also known as ubiquinone. This substance we make in our bodies, it decreases as we age. Low levels of CoQ10 are associated with many different chronic diseases, including cancers and neurologic diseases. It's actually a substance that's required in the metabolism of carbohydrates into ATP for our energy. And it also has been shown to increase fertility outcomes, prevent aging in the skin, reduce the symptoms of heart failure, lower your cancer rate. It helps with energy, obviously, and enhances glycemic metabolism, which helps with glucose control. And we know that having an even not too high level of glucose in your blood is beneficial to overall aging and Redu reduction in chronic disease risk. A dose of 100 to 200 milligrams a day is really all that's needed, relatively benign. And when I talk about these medicines, if you're having them at a normal dose, of course, you're at lower risk of getting into toxic levels. But there are some medications or supplements, I should say, that seem like they should be benign. They carry antioxidant potential, but the Cochrane Review actually, you know, did a full study on antioxidants, specifically beta carotene, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, and selenium, and showed that beta carotene, vitamin E, and vitamin A are all associated with an increased mortality in both at-risk and healthy populations. So just because in theory it should have a beneficial effect doesn't necessarily mean it does. So we shouldn't just be willy-nilly taking these supplements. You really should talk to a provider. Everything's going to have some kind of side effect. It's going to affect you, right? We know vitamin E has an increased propensity to help you to thin the blood. So then you could bleed more. So, you know, even during surgery. So a lot of times surgeons will say, come off of that before you go through surgery. So these things have different properties in the body, and not all of them are going to promote longevity or 
reduce your chronic disease or help you live longer. Folate is an extremely important molecule in our bodies. It helps with the development of DNA and RNA, protein metabolism. So we need it. And a lot of our foods are fortified with folate or folic acid. We get it in a lot of our plant foods too. Most of our multivitamins are going to have about 400 milligrams. Daily 400 milligrams prior to conception is what's recommended. 800 daily during pregnancy is usually recommended. Of course, prenatal vitamins are going to have more folate or folic acid. I just want to mention that folic acid is the only form of supplementation that's been studied to prevent neurotube defects. So unless you've discussed this with your doctor, you should be looking for folic acid in your supplementation, not methylated folate. Now, some people will have a deficiency in enzyme in the process of methylating folate. And so you may need a different supplementation, not just folic acid, but that's something you need to talk to your provider with and know that the studies only support the supplementation of folic acid for now. If you find something else out about your health, then that's important to talk to your doctor about whether folic acid is right for you. I want to move on to B12. Vitamin B12 or cobalamin is a very important cofactor in DNA synthesis, also important for fat and protein metabolism. Its dietary sources are usually animal products. However, there are some plant sources of B12 and they are nutritional yeast, fortified plant milks, tempeh, chlorelia, seaweed. You actually need very, very little fractions of micrograms of B12, and they're stored in your body for long periods of time, several weeks. So if you're vegan, I do recommend that you consider B12 supplementation unless you're being very proactive about getting these things that have a B12 source. And people who get B12 shots or have B12 deficiency and get a supplementation notice better energy, better mood. It's great for brain health. It's, you know, can improve the DNA synthesis, which improves blood output and uh, reduced anemia and things like that. So it is very beneficial. It's just not every vegan is deficient just because they don't have animal products in their diet. So those are the supplements that I can generally recommend for a healthy population without a whole lot of risk of adverse side effects. Now, I did mention, you know, there are supplements that seemingly or in theory should be beneficial, like beta carotene, that actually carry an overall mortality risk with them. There are supplements like K2 that are often combined with vitamin D to help its absorption. K2 also plays a role in blood clotting. I don't know that we should all be taking K2 in order to get increased absorption of vitamin D, although there may be a role for it. It's these things that you don't know all of the side effects, and I can't comfortably say that all of them are benign. The ones I mentioned here are relatively benign. Of course, talk to your medical provider. Magnesium too, very helpful for helping people to calmly go to sleep and to move their bowels, help with constipation. And that's one that I recommend sometimes. Of course, it comes in many different forms. You can talk to your doctor about which ones are better for you. The different forms are going to carry different risks. Nothing is benign. When we're putting it in our bodies, know that your body sees that. It's going to effectively 
either metabolize it or take care of it or store it in some way, and it can affect your natural body processes. So whatever you're going to start, natural or otherwise, you need to discuss it with your doctor. I know that people will get on things as seemingly benign as potassium, which is just an electrolyte, but they're taking it in doses that their kidneys can't keep up with filtration. And that electrolyte affects the electrical impulses in the heart and people can end up in arrhythmias. And so be careful. Don't just believe the marketing. Talk to your medical providers before starting any supplementation. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, that you found it useful. If you like this episode, share it with a friend who might need this information. Leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast so you can see us here again next week.